We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 245. Our guest today is a wonderful junior rider who has had major success in all three rings, but truly thrives in the equitation ring, recently won the Gladstone Cup, he was fifth at medal finals last summer, and his team won bronze at Young Riders. Our guest has some amazing aspirations as he is finishing out his junior career, so wanted to get his take on the intricacies of an equitation round and how to, as perfectly as possible, execute one as he has done time and time again. I also wanted him on in honor of Equitation Month that USHJA is hosting for their We Are U.S. Hunter Jumper campaign. Later this month, we are also getting together with this lovely guest to talk a little bit more about the Equitation Ring and give you the opportunity to ask him any question you want. So live Q&A is at the end of the month. It is June 24th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time over at U.S. Hunter Jumper Instagram account, so make sure you tune in for that. But without further ado, I would love to welcome our guest today, Alex Alston. Well, I would love to hear how you first kind of found yourself in the horse world. Take me back to the beginning. Well, uh, probably it started when I was four, four years old. I honestly, actually before that, let's go back. I was playing soccer. My dad was a soccer coach. Uh, My brother played soccer. My dad played professional soccer and whatnot. So they tried to get me into that. But um, (laughs) so on the way to soccer practice, on the weekends, we would pass a farm. And there's horses, you know, out in the out in the paddocks and whatnot. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I want to stop and see them. Like, you know, so that's kind of how it began. And we would stop and I'd see the horses and whatnot. Every week it became a routine. Yeah. But then my, um, my neighbor actually rode with the trainer I rode for or with for 11 years um, before I moved to North Run. So I started taking lessons and all that sort of stuff. And the rest was history. <laughs> wow. So cool. So you didn't have really like anyone in your family or no. anyone that you knew really close that, that road. No, I didn't. Wow. That's so cool. And then when you first started out, was it at like a hunter jumper barn? Yes. Okay. Uh, I rode with Lindsay Yanger. She oh, nice. does hunters, jumpers, you know, equitation, all the stuff. So. Yeah. Um, and then did you start doing the equitation pretty early on? I would say five years ago, I started the equitation. Okay, cool. And what made you want to get into the EC? Um, I think it was just kind of a part of the part of the process. I would yeah. say, um, yeah. I had a junior hunter that I would dabble in, like the the aged equitation and that sort of stuff. Um, but I kind of wanted to get into Metal McClay, Washington, USET you know, all that stuff. So I got an equitation horse and off we went. So you would say like maybe your core or what you had the most experience in up until, you know, the last five years was the hunters. What was that transition like for you then kind of fine tuning your position and just the intricacies of the equitation? 
Um, I would say just a lot of, I think it position comes with practice, you know, riding, Mm -hmm. getting comfortable, you know, uh, whether it's the jump height or the horse you're on or just showing and doing it, if that makes sense. Um, I started, I, I did the, I rode ponies for a bit. Um, I never was competitive with the ponies, but to answer your question, I would say just, just repetition Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Definitely. Um, at what point did you move to North Run? I moved to North Run full time, the middle of last uh, WEF circuit. Okay, amazing. And what do you feel like you have learned since then, since moving to North Run? I've learned a lot. Uh, I've I've gotten to show a number of different horses and go to different horse shows that you know I never thought I could go to. Um, position I would say has you know gotten a more solid mm. and my quality of riding I feel like is you know gone up a level. Walk me through what you do and what you think about when you are you know walking into a metal or McClay um, when you're doing the course walk to start. So firstly I would take into account the horse I'm riding mm-hmm. the the way they go, you know, if they go a little right, a little left, if, you know, different parts of the course would be challenging for said horse or for me, you know, mm-hmm. like say bad habits that I, that I have. Um, what would you say your bad habits are? I'm a little bit of a control freak. <laughs> so I, I like to just do too much, if that makes sense. Um and I like to walk the whole track, like mm-hmm. from each jump and whatnot. I'm mean, not to count strides, obviously, from jump to jump, but sure. um, you know, just to find the find the route. But if I'm um, on a horse that goes hard right and there's a right to right turn, you know, I take that into account and think about how I can uh, finesse that a little bit, or just little things like that. Yeah, definitely. I feel like those little intricacies are the things that can really set you apart from, you know, an 82 to an 89. And it really is, is kind of that straightness and executing that track that you really are walking during your course walk. Um, when I know, I feel like a struggle maybe for a young equitation rider or or equitation rider looking to increase that score is maybe the anxiety around, you know, that focus or you know, maybe it, I, I feel like I feel like it is more of like a an anxious thing or nervous thing in finding a distance and focusing on making that distance perfect. How much right. of the you know the course or the ride do you feel like you're focusing on the distance, or are you thinking more about your pace and your track and your straightness? Kind of walk me through. Or was there ever a point in time where that was really kind of more of a focus? And and how can you kind of navigate through that? Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that statement. Um, I would say in the beginning of, I mean, all riding mm-hmm. distance was like an obsession. Um, totally. But it it all comes from a a good good gallop. Um, because you can really, you know, again, finesse something with good canner. Um, the distances aren't 
say distances aren't going to always be a flashing light in your face and it's not always going to be perfect, but it's about making what shows up the best you can, you know, getting a good jump out of the horse. Um, if it's a little deep, if it's a little long, you know, just making it work because it's not, like I said, it's not always going to be perfect every time. I love that. Yeah. I think that that's, and that's really hard because a lot of us equestrians are perfectionists and control freaks and it has to be perfect. I'm a control freak. I will admit it. It it does get in the way, but it's, yeah, it's about, because I mean, hunters, jumpers, equitation, Mm -hmm. it's about making what you have work, the horse, Mm -hmm. the the course, the distance. That's what it's all about. Right making it the best you can. And I think when you can finally not just say it, but really believe that that's the case, that you're, you're never going, like, it's so rare to come up on every single jump right out of the canner. So the, you know, just be knowing that as long as you have all the steps in place, the right track, the good pace, the consistency, and just being able to make those fine adjustments, um, then to make it as best as you can. I think that that's, that's for sure the key. Tell me a little bit about kind of looking over your career thus far, your junior years, what moments kind of stick out in your head as like pivotal highs and what have you, I won't say negatives, but maybe some learning moments that, that kind of come to mind. Well, Starting with highs, uh, I would say my success is uh, even more you know, exciting than than most. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a sponsor that's sponsored me for six years now. Hmm. So it's it's nice when it goes well for my horses and I, but it's also you know nice to you know, make her proud and, you know, that sort of thing. Totally. Um, but for highs, I would say for in the equitation, um, I got ribbons at all four finals last year on a horse camp reel. Um, so that was quite special. I also won the Gladstone Cup on him over the summer. And I've had a couple of other equitation horses. I mean, last year I won... I'm sorry, the year before last at WEF, I won my first equitation class at WEF. So that was like, you yeah. know, exciting. Um, won a couple of different horses, Candy Windsor, Waldo, Camp Real. Um, and then in the Hunters, uh, my horse Cash, who is my sponsor's absolute favorite. <laughs> he won Junior Hunter Finals and was very successful last wow. year. and was Champion at the National and then for jumpers, I have a um, prestigious who I did at NAYC over the summer. And the team was bronze. Um, I did him at pre States and the National. And that was uh, very successful. So I've, yeah. I've, been, I've been very lucky to have nice horses along the way and very good experiences. Um, so fun. And then for... The lows, like you were asking, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that there's been something specific uh, that I've, uh, I can remark on, but I, it's, it's all 
about the learning experiences. Um, like even say it's one jump of a class, mm-hmm. you learn from that. And the next class you go in and you, you know, well, maybe I shouldn't do that again. Or you know how to fix it now that you've, you've done, you've made that mistake. Um, that's, it's all about the learning experiences. You're not going to improve or know what to do in those situations until they happen. Although, you know, as riders, like you said, we're perfectionists. We don't mm-hmm. want those mistakes to happen, but that's the only way that we, you know, have the tools in our toolbox to, you know, fake it and fix it, right. if that makes sense. Um, totally. So I think the, <laughs> the, um, the not so good experiences in a way, because that's the only way we get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the moment, maybe not as fun, but <laughs> looking exactly. back. Exactly. Like, oh, why did that happen? But... Since 2004, the USHJA has created programs, offered education, and has supported members of the hunter and jumper sport. In 2022, the USHJA has created the We Are U.S. Hunter Jumper campaign to highlight all things hunter and jumper. So everyone can understand everything this fantastic sport really has to offer. This month, our focus is all things equitation, and I will host a USHJA Instagram Live on June 24th, 6 p.m. Eastern. I will be hanging out with equitation rider Alex Alston and equitation trainer Archie Cox, and they will answer all of your questions. Plus, we will be giving away a terrific prize. Be sure to follow along on social with the hashtag WeAreUSHunterJumper to find out more, learn a ton, and not miss a thing. Again, that live Q&A is Friday, June 24th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time over at the US Hunter Jumper Instagram account. See you then. Speaking of be having your success at the you know the top of the sport, the it, you know you can't help but to start naturally kind of expecting those results. Where I feel like that expectation gets higher and higher to get the top results, and when you don't, it's really hard to not see that as a failure. How do you take when when maybe you're not? winning every class because on, like that is the reality we can't like even you look at any top rider they're not winning every week and it's just kind of the consistency right. over time i always tell my clients it's a marathon not a sprint and you know it's impossible right. to win everything so when you are coming out of a a class or a, you know a big class that you are you know have the hopes to win and that's maybe not necessarily the outcome what do you what, how do you take that to, you know, like what you were just saying, making that really like a learning lesson. How do you stay positive and see that as an opportunity to try it again next time, or maybe you'll win the next one? Absolutely. Yeah. I always say you win some, you lose some, and you <laughs> yeah. learn a lot. <laughs> it depends on mm-hmm. the situation, but I always put it in perspective, say, compare yourself to say a year ago, like you know what yeah. I mean? Like how much you've learned since then, or well, next time, you know, I, I can go in and try again. Right. I'm like it's one of thousands and thousands of rounds. You can't, you can't dwell on 
the mistakes because then you're just going to continue to do the same thing if you're, you know, constantly thinking about, you know, said experience. Right. Um, you've kind of got to take it in stride and just then mm-hmm. let it go. Um, that's what I tell myself. I try not to get hung up on those things, which I do, <laughs> um, yeah. for sure. Easier sure. said than done, but you've got to move on and, you know, just keep on keeping on. <laughs> Definitely. For someone listening who is interested in being a part of the equitation discipline, what kind of advice would you give them? What kind of things do you like to work on on your own? Maybe when you're not in a lesson and you're just, you know, working on your position, what are some things that you do or exercises that you work on to kind of be able to maintain that perfect equitation position? Um, So on the flat, I would say, I mean, it's easy to practice, say, you set flat, Mm-hmm. Um, sort of exercises, you know, length and canter, length and trot, those sort of things that seem so simple, but you can still, you know, bugger them up because each, each horse and each rider has their, you know, weaknesses on the flat. Like some horses lengthen trot, they break into the canter or lengthen canter, you, you lose shape or say stuff sure. like that. So I like to do that, lengthen, collect, that sort of thing, I would say, on the flat. And to jump, I would say, like, um, grid exercises are good for position, um, independent hand and body, I would say. Um, those are sort of the things that we like to work on for the equitation. What would you say is an area of the industry that you are passionate about that you feel like the rest of the equestrian world either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about? Um, I would say the accessibility of the sport um, Mm -hmm. is for sure a a tough thing. You don't hear much about it. I mean, you know, we all know it's expensive and whatnot and the horses and the horse shows and the travel and all the care and whatnot to be at the top level. For the average person, it's impossible. So I would say for sure, that's what I would remark on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like for me, I'm, like I said, I'm very lucky. I have my sponsor and she's amazing and she's been so supportive, but without her, it most of this in fact, all of this wouldn't be possible. So that's what I would say. When you started working with your sponsor, was that based on, um, like, had she seen you ride? Um, how did you kind of get that relationship started? Just kind of speaking on behalf of maybe anyone listening who isn't maybe able to be a part of the sport, but is, you know, trying to, or maybe wanting to do something or work towards something similar to what you did with a sponsor relationship? Yeah. Um, so I was riding a, a large pony that she actually happened to own and then it kind of evolved from there. Yeah. Yeah. So just through connections through what, you know, your current program. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, well, that is amazing. I mean, I think that everyone kind of has their own road and story that yeah. gets them to where they are. So I think that's so cool. And obviously, you you said that 
a lot of it or maybe even all of it wouldn't be possible without your sponsor. But right. I think a lot of it is it should go to, you know, credit towards you and your skill, because obviously without your talent, um, that wouldn't have been put in place anyway. So right, right. I think yeah. I'm very grateful for all the opportunities along the way, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, amazing. Well, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time. It has been so fun chatting with you. I'm excited to talk with you again on the USHJ Instagram Live um, as we're celebrating Equitation Month. So for anyone listening who has more questions for Alex, make sure you tune in the live and feel free to ask him a question. It'll be a good time. Please do. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.